0: Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today.
1: You know, as a comedian, you there you have hecklers, right, in, in live shows. There's, you know... You get hecklers, and at first, when I was young, I would be so hurt, or, or, you know, and um, you realize what the subtext of all these heckles are, which is, I exist, right? You know, and that's like times a thousand on the internet, you know, people just writing things to try to prove they exist, And, and they're shocked
0: if you see it, you know? That's true. I I have poked my head in um, and someone has said something really mean about me (laughs) and then I've responded and been like, hey, sorry you felt that way. Like, you know, like, uh, like, you know, I'll like, I'll keep at it, like smiley face or something like that. And then it completely diffuses their reaction.
1: If you can change that energy to, you know, which is what you did. You respond and you go, oh, sorry you feel that way, you know, and then that person felt seen. It's science, you know, energy. It can't be, what is it, uh, created nor destroyed, but it can change. It can convert from negative, you know, someone flips you off on the street, it's like, you, you take it on and you it's catchy you know so if you can just really consciously I mean what am I Marianne Williamson I mean I love her I'm just kidding but I, 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 I sometimes I hear myself talk and I go aren't you a comic?
2: Welcome back to Yang Speaks. This is your co-host, Zach Grauman. I hope everyone's having a great week. Excited to talk to you all. I hope we're staying sane and safe. Only losing our mind mildly in COVID. I know I'm only slightly losing my mind, so I hope you guys are okay. Couple things, we have news today. Before we get into the episode, very, very exciting. Um, I wanna do three things before we dive into the episode. We've got uh, updates for you on Yang's COVID situation. I've got some big news for the future of this podcast. And then we've got Sarah Silverman on the podcast, which is very exciting. It's a great episode today and going forward. So let's start with some updates on Andrew. Andrew is feeling better, um, but he does have the cocoa. He does have COVID. Um, so he's, it, we've been joking. Like we talk a lot and he was like, um, he's like, I'm frustrated because I'm 2% better every day, but 2% is not enough to feel good about a speedy recovery. So he's getting there. It's slow. Um it's funny because he's so he's so go, go, go. And so in the morning he's like calling me. He's like, he's all excited about here's what I'm gonna do today. We're great. I'm gonna be back. And by like three o'clock he's like wheezing a bit. Um so it's frustrating to see him like that, to be honest with you, because he's usually so frankly kind of invincible. Um and so it's like watching your hero uh recover and that's hard. Um and I, I feel for him and his family. But um, he is getting better and that's exciting we're going to try and get him out in person and like fully recovered as um by the end of this weekend hopefully um like the timing has has but um gotten there so he's he's on his way very very soon to recovery and should be back at full strength on this podcast hopefully in a week but just want to let you guys know thank you for many of you thousands of you who've sent thoughts and prayers and get well cards um i try to like as many as i could on twitter but um thank you thank you um and on instagram um So that's our Andrew Yang COVID update. Um, Now, I want to transition to some news, which is very exciting. So a couple weeks ago, given some political activity uh, in the uh, Andrew Yang atmosphere, universe, if you will, um, we decided to go to just one episode a week um, on this podcast. And a lot of you were still craving more content, and I wanted to change that a bit. So we're going to try something new. So we've been doing just Mondays. So I have an announcement. This is our news today. We're going to go back to Mondays and Thursdays for the next 12 weeks. We are going to start um, a new limited series starting this Thursday. So new limited series this Thursday, and it's called The Future Of, and it's going to be hosted by yours truly. And we're going to dive in into the topics that all of you have been clamoring for Um, for weeks and months since we've heard basically a year since we started this thing. The goal will be long-form conversations on the topics that are going to impact our future the most. And to not only do a deep dive on like what they are, but also how they impact our humanity, how they impact our policy. Very much in the Andrew Yang vein, which is not just that automation is happening, but because of automation, we need to rewrite the rules of our economy and we need it to help people. Like how does this hit our humanity? So um, it's not always going to be famous people. Um, it's going, but it's going to be people who have a depth of knowledge that we can learn from. And I want to learn. Um, and I hope you guys will go with me on this journey to kind of talk about our future and understand it better. So I've got a whole bunch of awesome guests lined up basically through the Yang and the Yang Gang Network uh, that are really exciting. So we're going to do episodes on the future of buying like what is going on in e commerce and how is Amazon and Facebook changing the way we market and buy and sell goods? We want to do it episode with a number of energy experts on the future of energy like how when we say the planet is melting what does that mean and what do we need to do um, to prevent that over the next 10 20 30 years um, how do we get there i want to do an episode on the future of money and break down cryptocurrency and things like that future philanthropy i think will be fun like what is how's is a nonprofit space going to help solve some of these social ills can they what does that look like the future of sports i want to dive into esports i think this is one of the most un unknown topics in the entire world and it is massive more people watched um a certain video game championship than they watched the college football playoffs like and no one's talking about it i want to dive in guys on the issues that are going to impact our future and i hope you all will join me um i'm going to co-host it with carly riley um as much as she can because i think she makes all of us smarter um and is better at this than most of us so i think she'll be joining if those of you have Double affinity for her on this podcast as well. We'll have recurring guests and things like that. It's going to be awesome. Now, here's the deal we're going to give this a shot, 12 weeks. Give it a listen. You don't like it, just tune in on Mondays. But if you do like it, and hopefully I'm going to believe I'm going to put a lot, as much effort as we can to make this worth your time, I think we're all going to learn something. And we're going to get what we all crave, which is discussing the things, the policy effects, the humanity effects that all impact our future. So give it a shot. Starts this Thursday, the future of. You all are going to like it, I believe. And we'd love your feedback. Let's make it better as we go. This is iterative, so comment. Be nice. Humanity first. Jeez, don't don't kill me. Come on now. But it's going to be fun. So the future of, here's Thursday. Y'all are going to love it. I'm going to love it. It's very exciting. I've already recorded a couple episodes. We're feeling pretty good. Now, with that news, it's time to introduce our guest speaker, the one and only Sarah Silverman. Sarah is... I think she's in the news for a whole bunch of things all the time. It's kind of a wild card in that way. So, and the episode is kind of that way too, where they talk about everything from COVID (laughs) to having fame to dealing with the haters online and in person. And they also talk about politics and positions and how we can start getting along. It's a fascinating episode from a fascinating human being. I love when these just remarkable, like whether you like love her comedy or not, she's definitely an interesting, unique human on the planet and getting people like that on Yang speaks is always interesting and hearing Yang's perspective and conversation with them is, is always great. So you've got Sarah Silverman today. We've got the future of starting Thursday. I'm excited for this new journey. So tune in now, Sarah Silverman.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Helix Sleep i've always been a mattress guy because i figured if i'm gonna do something for up to eight hours maybe i should do it right and helix sleep lets you do it right by sending you one of 20 unique mattresses as tailored for you i took the helix sleep quiz takes only a couple minutes and i was matched with a helix dawn mattress because i wanted something that felt firm and i sleep on my back that mattress is exactly what i needed but strangely enough my kids now Seek out that mattress in the house and want to sleep on it, even though I did not order it with them in mind. If you have a high quality mattress, it is a game changer, a huge difference maker. Don't take my word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com yang. That's helixsleep.com yang. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. I am so thrilled to welcome to Yang Speak someone I've admired for years, someone who has done the impossible, which is <laughs> make it as like a sane, wise human being in show business, Sarah Silverman. <laughs> Hello. What's up, Andrew? Not a whole lot. I'm trapped in my kid's room because I'm in the the last days of a COVID quarantine. I don't know if you, you, you saw that. Uh, um, I, I tested positive a little while ago, uh, but I'm on the mend. I don't know if you can tell. Like, you know, I, I I feel like a cloud is lifting from my brain.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see now. Yeah, you look mildly sickly s- still, and yet mildly
0: healthy too. <laughs> and,
1: and yeah, mildly healthy. That's more the glass half full.
0: How about you? Are you in uh, California right now or are you here in New York? I'm in California. I had that sense. How is it out there?
1: I'm, uh, it, it seems great because I'm, I don't go anywhere, but I'm terrified. I just, you know, kind of don't want to do anything, um, until I can get a vaccine and that won't be for a long time. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. When do you think like, uh... People like you know a regular uh person can get a vaccine that's not over sixty five
0: non high risk people I'm told yeah. by America's uncle dr. fauci okay. <laughs> that <laughs> apparently April uh the vaccines are going to be going out in full force, and normal humans might um, may, maybe really? expect them yeah you know that that's what the man said <sighs> oh, that's so awesome. So Sarah, you and I have something in common that you would probably not know, um, and it's that we spent our formative years in New Hampshire because I went uh, I went to high school there. Where'd you go? Uh, well, I went to... Uh, Exeter or something. Or? Yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs>
1: <cool>. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always want... I always dreamed we play like our sports team would play not Exeter, but we'd play like St. Paul's. Yeah, you know, and I remember seeing their campus and just being like. Oh my! I would love this, but I couldn't go because I was a chronic (laughs) bedwetter.
0: I'm sure they would have taken you anyway.
1: I had to go to sleepaway camp as it was, and it was humiliating. (laughs) You know, like I didn't want to go to sleepaway school, but I always thought, man, I would have loved that.
0: One of the things I was curious about is growing up in New Hampshire the way you did. um, Did you internalize politics to a higher degree than you think most Americans? Because you wound up obviously being like one of the most prominent. Uh, uh political uh voices among um uh, comedians.
1: Uh probably, yeah, because um we always worked on campaigns and you know the because the as you know all the politicians come through Manchester um first and uh you know back then I remember well let's see like we worked on the in seventh grade we worked on the uh Jesse Jackson and I remember I, I had this seventh grade teacher, and I still hold this like I, I, it was so uncool. After that, remember Jesse Jackson called New York Jaime Town or whatever, and like it was I, like you remember
0: like, this? Yes, I do.
1: And my uh, English teacher was like, "Well, my family is working for the Jesse Jackson campaign, but Sarah, your family probably doesn't like him." And I was just like. Actually, we're working on that campaign too. And if you thought he was anti-Semitic, why would you be working on it? <laughs> like, it's just. Even in seventh grade, I was just like, why would you point me out like that? I'm like the only Jew I know in this town. I was listening to your interview with Birbiglia and that was really fun to listen to. And it's just it in it just being a comic, it was just interesting to hear. Like, you know, anytime we're political on social media or something, people will go like, you 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 uh, coastal elites or whatever, and it's like. I'm from New Hampshire. You know, I've been in every state in this country by car, pretty much, you know, or like train or, you know, I mean, I've been at more Southwest Gates than probably anyone except for maybe you or like politicians.
0: Comedians, I think, have me beat in terms of Southwest Gates. (laughs) You know, it's like you're famous, but
1: you're not rich. You know, so it's like... um, you're just sitting at the gate at Southwest. And I remember one time I was sobbing in, um, Santa, maybe San Antonio or Santa Fe in a, in this airport. And I had just gotten, whatever happened, I was just like by myself sobbing. I had like a soaking wet tissue and I like, people came up and asked for pictures and I was just like, you know, like no, no hug, nothing, just like something for their Facebook page. I was just, it was just so sad. But it is funny. It's like when people say coastal leads or all this stuff, and I just go like, I've been everywhere. And I'll tell you, the first time I ever heard of oat milk was when I was in Alabama. And the best vegan restaurants I've ever been to was in Kansas City. So I don't know what this, like, you know, uh, I don't know, it's very odd.
0: You know, um, me and Mike owe you an apology, Sarah, because I think we were listing comedians who we think could run for office successfully. And somehow your name didn't come up, even though (laughs) you are like the obvious one. (laughs) No,
1: I'm not way too many. Well, I guess it's not skeletons in your closet if your closet's like open for people to see. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that that's for me, (laughs) but that's I did. I was like, Oh, what are you saying? That was a good list. Chappelle would win. You know who wasn't mentioned and this and Chappelle is the one who said to me during the last election, he's like, We've gotta get John Stewart to run.
0: Oh that's Because he would point.
1: win. He would win and he would be great.
0: That's EXPRESSVPN.com slash Yang. Go to expressvpn.com slash Yang to learn more. So, one reason I I appreciate you, there are a number of reasons I appreciate you, Sarah, and admire you, but one is that you spent uh, probably uh, the equivalent of years. Um spending spending time in different communities around America, trying to unpack people's experiences, and then you responded, uh, trying to unify through kindness and understanding, which is really such the opposite of the, of like the customary approach that that people seem to have, particularly in like the the kind of cycles of social media and the, the rest of it. I just saw it as such an uplifting quest on your part and and the, and the fact that you could actually. Do that in like a you know major platform and the and the way that you did, I thought was very very singular. Like I thought to myself, was like, is there anyone else who could uh, pull this off at this level? And I could not think of a soul except for you,
1: Yang. Thank you. I did. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely. I wanted to challenge myself to say, like, I really wanna. I. Try to do comedy that has heart, that is still hard comedy, like still, you know. And, um, and I also think we're, we're all connected, and I, I don't think we're as different as we feel because we're being separated by misinformation. I also feel like it, it, it isn't progress like, if I consider myself progressive, progress is to change. So, like, I'm wrong a lot, and I love changing. I don't feel, I, it's exciting to me, you know, when I go, oh nope, I've got to say, you know, like, re- remember the new words, the new pronouns, the new whatever, you know. Like, I even see my boyfriend going, like, Yeah, I met with this girl woman today, you know, and it's those little things just seeing that there's an awareness in his head clicking off, you know, from just what is so ingrained in us. I find that stuff exciting, you know, but there is that thing online and it so often comes from the left of just wanting to draw a line in the sand and point to you as wrong and get to point to me as right. We get so excited to be right and point to someone who's wrong. And and I, I know I participated in it as well, but I try to remember to, If do we want people to be changed or do we just want to be able to point to them as wrong and ourselves as right? You know, like, it's just like, well, remember, well, four years ago, this person said this, but, you know, Neil Brennan has the best joke about this. He, the, his analogy is like somebody going up to LeBron James and going, we have a picture of you when you're 14 and you're only 5'2". was like, well, <laughs> but I grew. Yeah, but is this true? Is this your picture? Are you 5'2"? You know.
0: <laughs> LeBron was never 5'2". Blasphemy, not kidding. <laughs> I know, I you said 5'9". You took the harder approach. I think that that's part of why I appreciated and admired it so much you tried to build bridges of understanding people who had, you know, a different um, worldview or a different political sense. Uh, and I think we really needed that. Uh, we still need it. You know, like that there's still such like a, a divide. Uh, and it is getting worse, not better for a variety of reasons. And I see you as one of like the few people that tried to tackle it in a meaningful way personal way that actually invested, you know, years of your life in it. Um, it, It's something that I feel like I can relate to because like I undertook a similar mission um, in, you know, in a political realm. Um, And no, to the extent that like I I made a contribution, I'm really proud. Um, But I feel like you've been doing the same kind of work for years and when I look at folks who are trying to do it, like there aren't that many. <laughs> like, like, It's not like a a huge legion uh, of, of folks who actually are um, trying to understand people who have completely differing um, politics or, or worldviews.
1: Yeah, and it takes so little to connect. I mean, you went from town to town and you talk to people and you connect. I always say like... Um When friends go, I I can't even talk to this part of my family. They're, you know, these Trump, Q, whatever, crazy conspiracy. And I go, "Uh, do they watch Walking Dead? You know, I don't know. Like, you know, there's always something. And once you connect, they're more open. We're more open. Well, we're all more open and we were primed for change, you know. But to just be like... I do notice on the right, like, the thing that they're most closed about is, like, feeling judged, you know?
0: Have you read uh, Jonathan Haidt's work? I feel like you would love it uh, if you haven't. No. Um, he, he wrote a book called The Righteous Mind that talks about the way that uh, conservatives and, and liberals have uh, different moral palates. Uh, and I I think you would love it where he, he talks about how there are, um, six universal values. Uh, let's see if I can get this right. It's, uh, caring, fairness, liberty, loyalty, authority, and sanctity. And progressives naturally skew towards caring and fairness. And conservatives naturally skew towards loyalty, authority, and sanctity. And then we construct liberty in different ways, either personally or or societally.
1: But look at loyalty and authority. They're so connected to
0: fear. Oh, yeah. Conservatism corresponds to things like threat sensitivity and disgust reflex, (laughs) where where, where, like if if you uh, if you generally are like, you know, turned off by disgusting scenes or like uh, di- different types of uh, uh, even food, um, you're more likely to be conservative. Really? Yeah. And uh, appetite for novelty corresponds to liberalism, where if you just like new stuff, <laughs> you're more likely to be politically liberal.
1: I I read a study that when you're in a state of fear, you no matter who you are, you make more conservative choices. And that's why... You know, um, the right uses fear, you know, the, the caravans coming or whatever they need to create to make their followers malleable instead of be curious, question things, be interested, fight that human fear against the unknown, you know.
0: And it, it is true that works on liberals too, where we give more conservative responses after you scare us. <laughs> you know? like, 100%. It, it's just a, it's a, you know, pretty universal impulse. We also apparently get a bit more conservative as we age.
1: Yeah. And we have to try to fight that, though. Because you get set in your ways, and set in your ways means conservative.
0: Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, you know, I, I looked at myself. It's like, I, you know, I feel like that hasn't really happened to me as yet, but, uh, who knows, man, you know, we're still young. (laughs) I
1: mean, it happens to me in that, like, all I want to do at night is like watch a Columbo and go to sleep. Yeah. I've become like old in that way. But when I hear like comics go, oh, we have to learn all these new words or we can't, I can't use this word or I have to be sensitive to this topic. I can't say anything. You know, I go, well, that's what old people are like. You know what I mean? Like, you can't embrace new things. You can't think of new words. You can't think of something else to say than, you know, like, I- I've used this a lot, this example a lot, but I used to defend saying gay. Oh, that's so gay. Because I-, I go, oh, I'm from the Boston area. It's, I have gay friends. It's not, you know, I- I- and then one day I just heard myself and I was like, well, uh, you know, what, I, I-, I- I'm the guy who goes, what? I say colored. I have colored friends, you know, like I'm him.
0: And you're like, I don't want to be that person.
1: Yeah, surely I have other words. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, my job is words. I can think of other things in two seconds. And then, yeah, it's so odd, that instinct to want to stay the same.
0: Jonathan Haidt's research really um, opened my mind in a different way. Um, And when I traveled the country, like I I had an experience that did verify a lot of what you just said, which is like, if you actually talk about the things that people want for themselves, their families, uh, the things they enjoy, like we we have more in common than not. It's just that right now there are (coughs) are massive forces that actually, unfortunately, make more money uh, pitting us against each other.
1: That's what it is. Clicks.
0: Yeah, a, lo- a lot of it's clicks. Um, some of it's cable news and, and cable news ratings.
1: Yeah. If you have a 24 hour news channel, that's not news. They have to fill content and they need to keep you to, you know, uh, through the commercial to come on the other side. It's, that's entertainment, <laughs> you know? I, I mean, you know what I mean? like. Yeah, obviously Fox News, but, you know, MSNBC, anything that's 24 hours is going to be, is going to have bait.
0: I remember the first time I was on one of those cable news channels and it felt like such an achievement. I was in my 20s. Um, But then when you get a bit older, you realize that they have a lot of programming time to fill. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe my three minute segment wasn't like the. Important thing, I thought it was. <laughs>
1: you know, like, it is to so the people who watch it, but it is true. It's like you, you know, when you're making a show or you're making doing an appearance, you know, for a long time, you think it's the whole world will see, or it's like on everyone's minds. Like I would have people, friends, you know, who are in show business or whatever, and they there would be something online about them, and they'd be so distraught and just think everyone's, well, I'm sure you saw that, blah blah blah, and. I would say, let me me do do you a favor. Nobody's Googling you, but you. And certainly no one's uh, sorting it by date. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like people are just living their lives.
0: Well, you certainly developed that sense because you've been, you know, a public figure for so long. Um, I developed that sense pretty quickly on the campaign where uh, it was fascinating, Sarah, because there was a long time when there wasn't much upside in taking shots at Andrew Yang because like I was just like the scrappy underdog trying to get uh, <laughs> like a, a, any kind of attention. Uh, and then, you know, when there was some negativity, uh, it, it was an adjustment. Um, but then I, I actually wrote something on my phone similar to what you just said, which is in my case, my note was just remember that uh, to everyone, you're just the magical Asian man who wants to give everyone money. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so sometimes someone will reach out a friend or something and go like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you deal with all the negativity towards you online. And I go, there is, you know, because like, <laughs> like for survival, I just don't look at most of it, you know? And um, I just can't imagine like looking at every single, you know, as a comedian, you there, you have hecklers, right? In in live shows, there's, there, you know, you, you get hecklers and At first, when I was young, I would be so hurt or, or, you know, and um, you realize what the subtext of all these heckles are, which is I exist, right? You know, and that's like times a thousand on the Internet, you know, people just writing things to try to prove they exist. And and they're shocked if you see it, you know,
0: that's true. I, I have poked my head in. Um, and someone has said something really mean about me. <laughs> and then I responded and been like, hey, sorry you felt that way. Like, you know, like, uh, like, you know, I'll like, I'll keep at it. Like, smiley face or something like that. And then it completely diffuses their reaction. They're just like, oh, like, uh, you know, never thought you would saw this. Thank you for responding. <laughs> it's like yeah, they just they wanted totally... to be seen or heard.
1: It's very interesting because, you know, I think people just think they're shouting into a void and they and, and just like energy is so catchy, you know, so someone feels bad and they want to make you feel, they want you, we all feel this, like that knee-jerk reaction when you feel bad is you want to make someone else feel that. Maybe so you're not alone with it. I don't know what the reason is, but if you can change that energy to, you know, which is what you did. You respond and you go, oh, sorry you feel that way, you know. And then that person felt seen and it it changed their energy to like, wow, thanks, you know. (laughs) And, um... It's just interesting and it's science. You know, I know it sounds like a hair. I'm out in LA now and not in New York and I'm like all hippy dippy, but it's science, you know, energy. It can't be, what is it, uh, created nor destroyed, but it can change. It can convert from negative. You know, someone flips you off on the street, it's like, you, you take it on and you it's catchy, you know? So if you can just really consciously, I mean, what am I, Marianne Williamson? I mean, I love her. I'm just kidding. But I, 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 sometimes I hear myself talk and I go, aren't you a comic? But it is true. I'm into science and it's real,
0: you know? I'm into the transformation of energy too, Sarah. <laughs> When I came up as a presidential candidate, I went on cable news programs and uh, nothing would happen. Like there would be no website traffic surge. There would be no boost in email signups. There would be certainly no donations. <laughs> it, it would be it, it, like, 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 like the cable news appearance was like, like a pebble in the pond and like nothing really would result. Um, but the opposite was true with podcasts. When I would sit down with someone and have an hour-long conversation, um, then we would see noticeable surges in email signups, donations, like uh, social media in- engagement. Uh, and, and so, not being a total idiot, I was with my team, and I was like, "Just book me on any podcast that has any kind of significant." audience because this is actually working like people will spend a bit of time with you engage uh with what you're saying um and so i know you now have your own very very successful podcast that launched relatively (laughs) recently uh like how have you found the experience thus far
1: it's uh, it's kind of been like a revelation for me because you know, everyone had podcasts and, uh, I just felt like, nah, I don't know, everyone else is doing it and I've got standup. And then suddenly one day I didn't have stand-up. I mean, you know, this is the longest I've gone without doing standup. Um, since I was 18, you know, and, um, it's really odd. And I had no place to like put this. And so I, I go, all right, now I'm going to do a podcast. And then I, uh, I, it's just really um, I feel like it's 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 a'm uh, um, re- I've really taken to the medium like I, I don't know I don't know what the other side of it is but for me I'm really enjoying it I, I digress like crazy it's I find it interesting that the brain goes from you know I learned see watch I'm digre- going to digress on top of I digression on top of a digression but you know I learned early on in stand-up, that you don't need segues, you know? I used to go, and speaking of mattresses, I bought a pillow and, you know, or whatever, like everything had to connect in a, in a verbally, you know? And then I realized like in real life, the brain goes from one thought to the next, to the next. You know, it was actually what made me realize it was I was home with my mom years ago and my sisters and we were watching TV and a commercial, (laughs) A commercial for p- pumpkin pie filling came on and it said, it showed like, well, the regular pumpkin pie filling looks like this. And it's like the shape of the can. And then, uh, Mrs. Smith's pumpkin pie filling like comes out like all in a mess and everything like this, real pumpkin pie. And my mother started crying and we we're like, what's wrong? And she goes why does the pumpkin pie filling look like baby diarrhea? And then I just thought like you girls are all grown and I'm not gonna. And I just thought, oh my God, the human brain, you know, but it just showed me that it's natural to go from one thought to the next, to the next, to just pause, just take a moment and let your mind go to the next thing. And that's your segue, you know? And with this podcast, it's so loose. It's so messy. And my, I go from so many thoughts, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll get a question, um, from a voicemail and I'll start answering it. And then I'll go so far away from the topic that I go, what are we talking about? Oh yeah. Ve- being vegan, you know, but I was like talking about a thousand other things. And I like that. That's okay. And it's very different than stand-up for me with standup. My standup may fit. Sometimes it is messy and loose and, but it's, Ultimately, I'm, I'm a very slow honer and I'm meticulous with my jokes, even though it doesn't seem that way. You know, it's it's kind of designed to feel very off the cuff. But over a few years, I'll like really work on every little word and stuff. And with this, it's so immediate you can't. And um, I like that. You know, I'll listen back sometimes and go, oh, I could have said that so more, so much clearer, so much more concise and it's that's frustrating but the fact that you have to just let it go you know you, you record it you put it out and it's just and it's extra scary in these times but I it's I love it I, it makes me it's very um liberating yeah thank you <laughs> it feels very liberating
0: <laughs> you certainly deserve to be liberated Um, in the sense that you've had this incredibly fertile creative mind and and just letting it wander, um, I feel like would bring a lot of joy um, to a lot of people who who get to actually interact with you in that
2: way.
1: Yeah, let me waste your time while you're like doing the dishes. I, I get so much done when I'm listening to podcasts and then I like have listened to a podcast. It's nice.
0: It is nice feeling like I can accompany someone doing whatever it is they're doing. Uh, I mean, I, I love podcasting for similar reasons, uh, but I, I also love it because I get to connect with again folks like you that I've admired for a long time. Uh, well, you know, one thing that uh, I think hit a lot of people's radar was when you endorsed Bernie um, in twenty sixteen and twenty twenty. Um, I was a burner in twenty sixteen. Um, I uh, <laughs> you know it's like I, I still considered myself very like Bernie aligned uh, this this past cycle. Um, he and I got along well on the trail i gotta say sarah one of like the proudest times on the trail for me was when bernie expressed affection for me it was like i i felt like i had been knighted
1: <laughs> he's so special <laughs> i love him so much. i love him so much but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of overlap in the venn diagram of you and bernie i think
0: I always thought so, I'll, I'll say, I mean, I don't know how much people know about this stuff, but like I, I was very, very eager for him or really any of the other candidates to uh, express support for universal basic income at <laughs> like yeah. various points of the trail. Uh, and then, you know, the timing worked out that everyone um, embraced it uh, really, you know, essentially like after I dropped out and the rest of it um, because of, of circumstances.
1: I mean if, if one if the pandemic proves anything it's how much we it behooves us to have a universal basic income and and healthcare for everyone
0: and healthcare and for like, everybody
1: and the, what that creates like you go you know they always say, like you say who's going to pay for it like bernie says like everyone says who's going to pay for it when it's for social programs but you know was for like the military or all these other things nobody asks
0: plus we're already paying for it in ways big and small i mean like yes! there, there's uh, there's so much value that's getting chewed up by the lack of health care there's so much job lock uh there's so much excess expense that's going into the system right now that's just not making a lot of people stronger and healthier so like the the arguments against both universal basic income and uh, universal healthcare really have gone out the window with this pandemic because, like now, everyone looks I up mean, and is like, "Like okay, when push came to shove, it turns out we could write two point $2. two trillion dollar like relief bill like if we wanted to, which we did." Yes,
1: and it's it doesn't go out the window. You're giving people money, and that money is to spend, and that feeds it just the economy, ends up making us all stronger, <laughs> healthier, and the rest of it. Yeah, if the government is responsible for your health and well being they're also going to just, it will also behoove them to make sure fresh, healthy foods are accessible to everyone and not some elitist thing. You know, like that's when I was asked about being vegan. It's like, I hate that. I, I always, it, it bothers me when, when just living a healthy life is something that is not accessible to everyone, you know, or like I said, I went to Pixar before i did wreck it Ralph the movie wreck it Ralph they sent us to pixar and it's like it's the most beautiful place in the world just rolling hills of grass everyone's got a bike just there for them a gym the the work plan of the of the you know is like open and and most conducive for learning creativity and work and all I could think was, why isn't this our schools? Why why aren't our public schools like this? It just makes yeah, if, you know, if like if you
0: go like, to a if you go to a major tech campus, you get the same thing where you're like, what what is going on? There's so much. You know what the word is, Sarah? It's the word I was using on the trail a lot. The word is abundance. It's like such an yes. atmosphere of abundance.
1: You know, and why, you know, there's no reason why this shouldn't be, how can, you pass by a public school in half of this country and they look like prisons, you know, there's like bars on the walls,
0: it's, you know. Most of the country is operating in an environment of scarcity, and then when you hit uh, an environment of abundance like Pixar or Apple or Google or any of these places, you're just like, holy cow, (laughs) like people here can eat healthily so easily. They can exercise so easily. They can, like, get some kind of relaxation resource so easily. Like all all, all the stuff that uh, a lot of Americans uh, feel like they don't have the money for, the time for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. So Sarah, you mentioned earlier uh, you made a joke about um, uh, bedwetting as a kid. I know you had a a major uh, show that was scheduled to be produced, um, but then COVID hit, um, aside from your podcast, I think that show is still in the works. Do you have other yeah. major projects that, that you're working on?
1: Yeah. I had two big ones coming up that are moved exactly a year forward, which, you know, you go, oh, but I'm so grateful because in another year we'll be in such a better place. And also it's always nice when you know you have work in a year, <laughs> you know, like, when you're in do it, when you're living like gigs, you know. Like I feel like I do odd jobs. It's so great knowing there's like a couple solid things coming up. But yeah, the musical right is called the Bedwetter, and um, it was supposed to start last May and. Uh, um, Rehearsals were starting in, in March and I flew to New York for the three months and um, it immediately was everything was canceled and actually lost um, our partner. It was myself and Josh Harmon wrote the co Fountains break. of
0: Wayne. I was a fan of his not just from Fountains of Wayne, but from um, that movie he did uh, Music and Lyrics with Drew Barrymore and Hugh Grant. I thought that yep. was so well done.
1: Yeah, he's. We've been friends for a long time, and have been working on this for eight years, and then, you know, so you know, terrible.
0: We, yeah, yeah.
1: What? Just, just yeah. So that was crazy. He was born on Halloween, and he died on April Fool's Day. Seems apropos if you know him, but just so upsetting. Um, but anyway, that's that's pushed to 2022, and then a, a movie I'm doing is pushed to 2022. But, um,
0: so there'll be a show. Is it? It's it's called The Bedwetter, and it's going to yeah uh, be out in 2022.
1: Yeah, it's at the um the Atlantic Theater in New York. Something Wait, for us uh, all
0: to look forward to. Yeah,
1: it's about the year I'm um, 10.
0: Plus, it it has um, incredible music from uh, someone who like this may be one of his last major uh, works or contributions. Yeah,
1: right? yeah, he had worked with um Rachel Bloom on Crazy X Girlfriend
0: also a show. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited uh, that we're going to get to see so much of your work coming up, Sarah. And uh, your, your podcast is awesome. You're awesome. Thank you for being such a voice for humanity, for someone who brings people together. Keep on transforming that energy. Thank we we you, all Andrew. need it.
1: Likewise. And um, it's so fun talking to you. I feel like I know you.
0: Uh, I've been a fan of yours for years. So this has been a real joy for me.
1: Yeah. New Hampshire
0: buddies. Yeah, you were probably you were the cool kid. I was like the. I was not the
1: cool kid. I was
0: peripheral.
1: I bet you were too. I was like, got along with everyone. I was
0: peripheral. I I was like the brooding uh, '90s, like kind of wannabe grunge skater.
1: Did you have many black um, rubber band bracelets?
0: I had something like the equivalent. I had this like leather choker. Uh, <laughs> I, I wore a gray uh, overcoat. Um, it it was, uh...
1: Oh my god, you were, you're Lloyd Dobler!
0: I was, I was like, Lloyd Dobler-esque, I would say. I'll send you a pic, um, I'll I'll, uh, DM it to you and then you can judge for yourself. please.